Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey y'all, I'm JJ, here to play some real or creepy. Hey y'all, it's Kat. I am one of the co-hosts on Real Hauntings Podcast, and I'm also here to play real or creepy. That's right, we're here for another episode of Real or Creepy with Kat and JJ. So let's jump into our first story. This one's called Pretty Creepy. Hey guys and gals, so I don't normally hop on Reddit for any type of story I have, but this freaked me out. I was out walking my dog at 2.30 p.m. sharp on Tuesday, and I walked past my neighbor's house, who is a good friend of mine, to see a man standing inside his home. He was bald and about six foot one, heavy set, and has a suit on with a hat. Now, this is a female neighbor, and she lives alone. Now I'm thinking maybe she has company over and she's out doing something. Either way, I mind my own business and keep walking. I stop at the stop sign down the street and let my dog use the bathroom. I got home, and that, oddly enough, I get a call from her. Can't make this up, I swear. And we spark up a normal conversation about how everything's going, and I mention, I saw a man in your house, I explained how he looked, and asked if she had company over. She stopped and, like, paused for a few minutes, and she said that a month ago her dad passed, and the same outfit, same attributes, and a month before she moved near me, she got all emotional, and I was just so confused on why I saw him in her window. It has creeped me out, and now every time I walk past her house, I wonder if I'll ever see the figure again. I don't normally believe in ghosts, but this might have been proof enough for me. Okay, JJ, so I think this is one of those where if one of us experienced it, even you who is probably you know a little more skeptical than us at times, it would probably be enough to be like, all right. I saw her dad that passed away. Does that make this too clean for you? Or or how do you feel about this story? I want to make sure I got the details right. So she was walking by her neighbor's house. She saw a man inside. Who was bald, wearing a hat and a suit. Like all these details of him. Like heavy set. Yeah. Then later she asked her neighbor about that. And her neighbor was like, oh my gosh, my dad just passed away. That must have been him. He died wearing that exact outfit. Or her neighbor has a lover that she is ashamed of. And this is her cover story. That's a really messed up cover story. Well, it's it's messed up to be ashamed of having a lover, which is why I'm so comfortable with it that I can just say the word lover like a normal person. So that that's my take on this. I I don't think it's real. I don't think it's a creepy pasta. I think it's just a really bad alibi. 
Okay, Kat, what do you think about this one? Wow, that was... A lot to digest, yeah. Yeah, still digesting that. JJ's yeah. so proud of himself. Like, <laughs> I cracked the case. The only thing that gets me is like the details that she saw through the window while walking. I just feel like the house would have had to be kind of close to the street, which could happen. Yeah, I feel like it's real. That's just what I felt through the whole story. And the fact that her writing was kind of all over the place. She's yeah. Not, not a writer. It doesn't do this often. That's kind of what my gut told me. And that, yeah, like you said, the writing style wasn't super proficient. So either it was somebody super bored, just throwing something up on the internet or, you know, at least something that they believe is real. But yeah. All right. Well, we got a one and one there. That's always fun. This episode of the Real Hauntings Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey, everyone. It's Noah Daniels, and I'm here to talk to you again about Wild Grain. Our last shipment of Wild Grain was so good that my four-year-old cannot stop asking for more of that awesome bread with dinner. And I'm not going to lie. I'm right there with him. And honestly, there's nothing quite like the smell of fresh bread baked coming from the oven. What if I told you that you too could get that delicious experience of homemade bread with none of the time and work involved? Well, you can by ordering from Wild Grain. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box. So you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. So let's jump into our next story titled The Most Haunting Paranormal Experience of My Life. 
before I go into the story, I want to preface that everything I'm telling you is 100% no bullshit. There's enough fake stories on here. But that's yes. just a red flag for me, right? If they're going to preface it by saying, I did not make anything up, I'm, you know, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but that's just a point in the creepy category. This happened to me in my early teens. I'm 21 now. My best friend growing up had this huge farmhouse in the middle of Virginia. It was very old and beautiful, but also had a very dark history. In the house, there's a tunnel that led to an underground room of sorts that was used for slaves to hide in the 1800s. And I'm 90% sure that some passed away while they were hiding. So you can imagine the history and energy that fills that house. I always felt scared there. I never felt alone and wouldn't go anywhere alone in the house, even if it was just to grab something out of my room. Even the family was scared to stay there with no company because of the intense apparitions and experiences which I can get into another day. The rooms were massive and the entire home was white with honestly creepy vintage doors. There was even a cabinet of ventriloquist dolls upstairs. No joke. There were a really odd family, honestly, with lots of dark problems. Anyways, the second time I visited that house, I was with my mom, my best friend at the time, and her mom. It was a girl's trip. One night, I woke up and was so thirsty, and the last thing I wanted to do was go downstairs and get water. I was terrified. I hated that house at night, but my mom was asleep, so I literally sprinted down the stairs with my head only looking at the floor. I made my water in five seconds, and when I made it to the stairs, something compelled me to look at the giant glass doors that were in front of the stairs. I was horrified, but felt like I needed to look out the window. What I saw when I looked out that window will haunt me for the rest of my life. I saw a man, as real as anything I'd ever seen. It was pitch black outside with a huge bright moon. The man was all black like a silhouette, but because of the moon being so bright, I could clearly see his entire body. He was darker than dark, like he stood out so much I 100% thought he was a trespasser. He was wearing a top hat and was unhumanly tall like seven feet. My heart literally felt like it was going to stop beating. I felt like I was in a trance. I was so unexplainably horrified, but I couldn't look away. He was moving a little bit, almost like breathing. Then about 10 seconds later, he was gone, disappearing into thin air. I panicked and bolted up the stairs after I snapped out of my trance. I cried to my mom and was up all night. The next morning, I told my friend and her mom about the experience. They were not shocked at all as they had seen multiple full-body apparitions in the house themselves. The nanny that worked for them even refused to go into some of the rooms of the house. I never went back to that house again. All right. Well, it sounds like they stayed in Blind Manor or whatever that house mm. is called from. Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's a freaky one. Well, Kat, what'd you think about that one? Ooh, that one would keep me up all night if it was like an interview we had or a show we watched. I took notes so I could remember all the details. The issue is so specific with details, like the vintage doors and the ventriloquist dolls. That's so strange. I'm always like, why do people collect dolls? I don't know. A tall seven foot shadow man with a top hat. That's what people write about when they're writing ghost stories. I mean, I know that it's a frequent apparition that people see. This is another tough one. Why are they always like this? I feel like it's a creepypasta. Yeah, I agree. JJ, what do you think about this one? Yeah, I totally agree. I think it hits a lot of notes that like a lot of ghost stories hit, like the shadow man with the top hat, the the old farmhouse with the, you know, 
the room that was part of like the underground railroad i guess not that necessarily that the underground railroad is a big trope but we hear like a lot of ghost stories that have to do with slavery and the antebellum south and that sort of thing which actually i heard a really cool thing on npr where they were talking about ghost tours in savannah that would just like you know there's some very legit ones that do historical research and there's other ones that just make shit up um usually about enslaved people being oh ghost store i thought you said ghost w-h-o-r-e-s i was like what is he trying to tell but um ghost tours tours he's really trying to have sex with a ghost (laughs) (laughs) one day one day anyways yeah i think there's just a lot of tropes and like the ventriloquist dummies in the the room of ventriloquist dummies felt so random and not detached other than just to like be like oh here's another creepy thing about the house which if a family is living in the house and they're already creeped out by it why would they make it more creepy by having a room full of ventriloquist dummies you know what it made me feel like i was watching an episode of scooby-doo shaggy and scooby are running through the house and like open a cabinet and it's full of ventriloquist dolls and then they run downstairs and there's a seven foot man with a tall hat that they pull the mask off at the end of the episode you know who's trying to get the family to sell the property or you know (laughs) something like that yeah i agree with both of you guys that one i think is Probably a good example of what we generally feel like is creepypasta, right? Yeah. All right, y'all, with that, that's another episode of Real or Creepy. We want to thank Kat and JJ for helping us figure out what is going on in these stories. Make sure you keep your eyes out as they will be doing a fourth episode as well. And yeah, this has been really fun. Real or Creepy. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.